You're listening to She Well Read. Get ready to be part of a community that is dedicated to helping you become the most well-read version of yourself through reading. On this show, we hope to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of self-care while increasing your knowledge on various topics. Thanks for being here and let's get on to the show. Not the frantic page searching. Um, hello, well-read baddies. Welcome to another episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana. I'm Samra. And I have to say it because I said it last episode. You were like super early last week. And then you made up for it this week. I think you were the same amount early that I was as you late. were late. <laughs> you gotta even it out. Got- no! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm all about balance. Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, <laughs> shout out corner. Follow us everywhere at She Will Red. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. I got an email today that apparently YouTube's doing like handles now. Oh, which I was like, I need to look into it more. But I was like, what's the difference between that and our page name? But oh, apparently, it's question. supposed to be like easier for people to like find, find you. you, yeah, okay. and like if they like at you in a comment or something. Oh, so it's rolling out in November, I think. So stay tuned, I guess. We will have our handle. <laughs> we will, have our we will be on that. <laughs> yes, we will be on that. Um, coffee break. Okay, I got this from Elsie Escobar. Shout out to She Podcast and the Lips and Team. But she was talking about on one of their shows, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but she was talking about the importance of a name. Okay. And it's very interesting that she brought that up because at church, shout out to Pastor Mike in Rock City, he, like, he's been doing a whole sermon series on, like, it's called God Is, and um, he's been talking about, like, the different names that God has, like, that you call him in certain situations. Yeah. And I, it really got me thinking about just names in general. And then we just did our interview with Care So Much, which... Such a great name. Right? Interview probably won't be up by the time we post this, but we'll keep y'all posted. It's in November that it's supposed to be up. But she was talking about our name, too, like She Well Read, oh, and like yeah. that, did a very good dissection of our name that I would have like never thought of. I know, that was deep. Yeah, and brought up some really great points. So it just got me thinking about like, you know, what we call ourselves. It's just, it really does change who you are, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about like your RIP, your IG name, uh, Samra the Curator. Yeah. It's just very like, Tell me about coming up with Samra the Curator. Like, what was the inspiration? The inspiration was one of my favorite artists. I figured. Tyler the Mm -hmm. Creator. And I don't know. I think that I loved... I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and, like, what I'm good at. And Mm -hmm. I decided, I guess, like, curation of closets, curation of style and things like that. I feel like that was kind of what I was trying to do yeah so Samra the curator I'm not really sure like what moment it was but I think that that's why I did that yeah no it makes sense and it fits also okay I was making sure I press record and not stream (laughs) (laughs) because I was like my worst fear is that we don't actually record like we do this whole thing and then it's not recorded and then anywho um (laughs) so I had a little anxiety moment just now I had to 
I'm going um, to. Yes. But no, that's so good because, you know, I like all of my social media is living like Lana. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's cute and I like it to a certain degree, but I don't know if it necessarily defines me. Mm. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. I mean, like, to, but like I said, to an extent, it, I, I need to find more connection with the name, I guess is what I'm saying. Or like maybe tweak it a little. Because I feel like living like Lana, like I, everyone is always like Michael just talking about how I have a house and a car, like a 2015 Toyota Camry and like how that's like big shit. And I was like, I mean, okay. And you were like, yeah, that's Lana. And so it's very much that thing of when people like not address me, but like talk about me. It's like, oh, that's very Lana of you Mm -hmm. or like a a Lana activity or like, I don't know. I get, I feel like I get referenced a lot. (laughs) so like living like lana makes sense to me in that regard but i don't know if it Mm -hmm. necessarily makes sense for me as like in my creative space okay yeah so stay tuned i I don't know what i would change it to just thoughts just thoughts well keep us posted i will i'm gonna need your help with that though because you're you're good at that type of thing I think I created living like Lana. You did. <laughs> Which is why I'm recruiting your services again. <laughs> All right. Well, I need more thoughts. Okay. I'm going to give you more thoughts. Um, so that was the first thing. The next one's yours. Um, what's up? You tell me. Follow everywhere. No, be him influencers. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was just, you know, scrolling on the tick talk and... <laughs> This woman who is in UAB or is at UAB, I guess is how you're supposed to say that, but she's a student and she is romanticizing Birmingham on her TikTok. Wait, I think I've seen that. She's pretty like viral. I didn't realize she was a UAB student though. Yeah, I I was so impressed and like stalked her page and that's how I found out she's a UAB student and that made so much sense to me because I feel like people in Birmingham don't even romanticize Birmingham like we kind of look at it for I mean the good stuff but also we look at it for like what it really is Mm -hmm. under the surface yeah or some people look at it as a stepping stone into something else yeah we all have our like um opinions about Birmingham and Mm -hmm. so seeing someone who's not from here romanticize it and make it seem so like beautiful Mm -hmm. I was like wow it's like cinematography. So her <laughs> at is Sanaz Tafazoli. So um, we'll link it in the episode notes. It's I could spell it, but I don't know if y'all really. It'll be in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's just super dope. So shout out to her. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure she's popped up on my For You page a couple of times, but I never put two and two together. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. And the last thing is we got featured in a Descript article. Shout out to Descript. Did we? Yeah. Oh my God. Like literally today. Shout out Descript. <laughs> I Our, do love Descript. Yeah. Y'all are awesome. But it was basically an article from one of their um, writers or curators, I should say. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how podcasters need to get into TikTok mm. and how lucrative having a TikTok and like being good at your TikTok can do for your podcast and how That's more true. people who listen to podcasts are getting on TikTok looking for podcasters. Pod talk. 
Is that pod talk. <laughs> it might be. It honestly probably is. It sounds like it. Pod talk. Um, but ours got featured because I remember I added it and then Jess, shout out to Jess again at She Podcast, added us. And oh, so then oh. we got featured. Yeah. Just as an example of one of the podcasts who's doing TikTok right or doing Fire. it well. So thank you to Script for that. Yeah. I'll have that linked in the show notes too. Speaking um, of like shout outs, we also got shouted out on Instagram for having an amazing like branding oh, yeah. situation going on. Mm-hmm. And she kind of mentioned a little bit about how we like use videos and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's actually we talked about that a little bit in the collab or the interview we did with Care So Much mm-hmm. also. So it's just really nice to be recognized for things like that. Yeah. We put a lot of work into it. We do. Y'all, we don't get paid for this. So this is casual stuff for Mm-hmm. and it's very it's rewarding work also and it and it's it especially is. rewarding when you start getting recognized for your yes. hard work i think that's like it it's not like the be- the best part but it's like it helps yeah <laughs> it's it nice makes us feel seen yeah it, it motive it mo- it's a motivation mm-hmm. that's what it i can't think of words today per usual yeah it's always the end of the day that we record <laughs> so it's like i'm exhausted i know and i had to deal with my whole tire thing y'all had to buy a whole new tire today oh. r.i.p <sighs> You hate to see it. Truly. Adulting shit. It is. But okay, let's get into the chapter. Damn. You I thought chapter. you were <laughs> My bad. Yes. Wait, restart. We can just cop it, chop and screw it. <laughs> Cut that part out. I kinda wanna keep it in because it's kinda funny. Okay, okay. But we can do it. We got it next week. Put what? it in put it in here. Put it in the email. Put it in here to sing, get into the chapter. Yes. She said, Yeah, like, I neither right, am I where right that the, I know what you're is. saying. Sing, harmonize, harmonize. Not I'm that I sorry. look up at it. I know you. You were literally <laughs> just talking about how you don't look at this. On the off chance that I did happen to look at it, you, just you never know. <laughs> when we finish shutout corner or not shutout corner, coffee break, just look at me. Now you go. <gasps> yeah, I'm it. <laughs> okay, but get, let's get into the job. Okay. Yeah. Which today. It's a little heavy. Yeah. It's a little heavy today. She has thoughts. I got fired up all over again. Me too. Even though, (laughs) because yes, this was two years ago, but it's still so relevant. And it's so annoying. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot of things I didn't know, which I'm not going to skip ahead. But all right. So this essay is called We Don't Need Another White Savior. Period. We could have ended right there. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. All right, cutting cutting our time short. Yeah. yeah. Let's get out of here. <laughs> um, but basically, this chapter, damn, this essay is exactly um. what it sounds like. Like, talking a lot about allyship, performative allyship, what it means to be a real ally. Wow. Just, it, it covers a lot, so let's get into it. All right, first things first. The good kind of ally versus the bad kind of ally, which I think she does a really good job describing it. She did. Um, and there's this quote on 208. It's kind of long, but it made me think of some things that I like I've been I think thought about in the back of my head, but like whatever. It says the actions reinforce the narrative that the only way to fight racism is to center whiteness and have white people swoop in to save the day by speaking on behalf of black people in a we know best kind of way, which history has shown is typically in direct opposition to what black people actually want. 
and also removes black people's agency and disregards the knowledge and experience black people have accumulated from the decades upon decades of anti-racism work. And the example she uses is white chefs attempting to lead the soul food fusion genre, (laughs) which makes me think of, you know, Food Network, 90% of them are white. You rarely ever see black chefs on Food Network. Wow. And most of the time it is white chefs doing soul food, which, yes, soul food is a very Southern thing, but it's rooted in because of slavery and was made popular in the 1960s and 70s during the Black Power Movement. So it's like this thing that is rooted in blackness, but has been Mm. covered in like this white. Like gentrified. Gentrified. You you knew the word I wanted. Gentrification. Yeah, it's really representative of what happens in every single black community that gets gentrified. I mean, it's like the food gets gentrified. Everything about our culture gets gentrified. Yeah, everybody wants to copy it, emulate it in some sort of way, but not pay attention to the things that need fixing. Wow, making a real tangible change mm-hmm. which is exactly what she talks about as we go into the summer of 2020 Oof. which if anyone remembers the summer of 2020 how could you forget it it was a lot we had a pandemic we had black lives matter it was a lot going on it and of course she talks about george floyd mm-hmm. which and i'm only going to talk about this for 0.2 seconds because i don't want to give him any more time mm-hmm. did you see what kanye said no i didn't he was basically like George uh, Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose and not because of Derek Chauvin, the family suing for defamation. I saw that and I was like, I wonder what he said. That's what he said. And he said some more crazy stuff today, but like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess some of us remember that Mm -hmm. he, the events that went down that summer that got us all riled up. Right. And, and oh, oh. <laughs> keep going, my and, bad. Uh, <laughs> and another thing. And another thing. I just I I feel like this whole chapter is gonna be like that, honestly, because mm-hmm. it is very like she takes us through it. Like, she does. Like even the footnote on two oh nine, which is kind of long, but I'm gonna read part of it. Yeah. Um. She says, truthfully, a whole essay could be devoted to the damage that occurs from videos of black people being mm. murdered going viral. Mm. On one hand, these videos are what it takes, quote unquote, for the nation to pay attention to the blatant injustices, <gasps> abuses of power and results of systemic racism. On the other hand, the circulation of these videos reinforces the notion that black life is a wholly traumatic experience, that death by the hands of usually white authoritative figures is a fate that cannot be avoided. And I wonder what the cost is mentally and spiritually mm. when these videos are used as a means of raising quote unquote awareness when black people are focused are forced to compartmentalize at work in order to engage in small tar- small oh. talk to their coworkers and bosses as if Whew. black people aren't being slaughtered what are the nuanced results of repe- repeatedly being fed the narrative that black people are victims and at what point are these videos no longer quote unquote news and just propaganda to uphold patriarchal sub subjugation that's a long one. Woo! I reckon that we crossed this threshold a long fucking time ago. That was really, really, really well put. I know I said I was going to say a snippet of it, but I, I just... I it couldn't stop. I it's too stop. good. It's too good. Um, it's, it's true. It's like you want to talk about it, but then... You almost feel shamed out of talking about it. 
or oh, like at work. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, in a it's lot of situations, it's like people don't want to talk about small talk. Is all about talking Casual. about the things that make you comfortable. Like mm-hmm. you're not supposed to bring up all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do you not talk about? Especially when it goes viral like that, mm-hmm. it's it's like the elephant in the room, right? And then you kind of wonder sometimes, like to me, it makes me feel like people aren't allies mm-hmm. because I don't know. It's just I don't know. Like I almost feel like you should be offering your condolences or something. Like like something other than avoiding the topic. Yeah, like. I don't know, like, like maybe hey, even your boss being like, hey, I know what's been going on. My boss on. did that. She was like, hey, I know things are really heavy right now with everything going on. Like, if you need to take a second or, like... A day off, a mental health hour or two something. during the day. I've never been offered that. Like, do what you need to do. And that would be really nice to have, I feel, especially if you're in person mm-hmm. and you're like getting dressed to go into work. Like it's a normal day, but it's just not. It's not. It's just not. And go- call it for what it is. We can call everything else for what it is. But again, it's that comfort, mm-hmm. um, which again, she goes into a lot of that. And also we get into, you know, the whole allyship again, which I love this reference. She makes to Project Runway when they go to mood. I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> TVT. Welcome to mood. I was never into Project Runway. She made me want to go back and watch it. You were never into Project Runway? No. I know. Crazy. You got you I have got to. to. You have to. I watched it because of TD. Okay. Like she loved Project Runway. So, yeah. I feel yeah. like I would binge that one. You probably sure. would. Hey, curly girls, Samra here. I just got my hair done by my stylist and had to share because I feel so good. Not only that, she is a new partner for this season. Her name is Kisa Powell and she is a deaf-friendly hairstylist in Vestavia Hills, Alabama. Her passion for bridging the gap between the hearing and deaf community stems from being the child of two deaf adults. Please spread the word and learn more about Kisa on our site under the Partners tab. Book your appointment for a fresh new look today. It's a lot of, yeah, I cannot imagine. But she compared that into the the whole black lives matter yes and how chaotic things were and it felt like every like when it happened it was like all of a sudden there was this like outroar of like yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do and like no actual real plan yeah it was like people want like this fast fix they Mm -hmm. want like they're like where do i send my money to and people are like I don't even know where you send your money to. So mm-hmm. people just send money to people who like weren't ready, I guess, and right. didn't and feel the need to like because they're the people donating want to see the change that they're mm-hmm. doing. So I feel like it's almost our society, our country, I don't know, just our our generation. We're so everything needs to be quick mm-hmm. and fast and immediate. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what Phoebe was talking about about doing the work even when you don't see the changes mm-hmm. and it may take years, hundreds of years, you may not see it in your lifetime, but you still you can't like just not do it. Right. It has to happen. Mm-hmm. If not you then who? Yeah. But it can't be that if not you then who. It's like it's you. Yeah. And it's too late. Like it should have been 
way before now. Yes. And I like that she mentions the fact that everyone brought this book, like how to be anti-racist. White fragility. Oh, white fragility, which, which I had no. Did you know? No. I did not know that was a white woman who wrote the book. No. And I want to take it off of our list. Oh. Yeah, we got to do that. Because the more and more Phoebe, which we're jumping way ahead in the chapter, but we're here. So the more and more Phoebe talked about white fragility and the author and just everything behind it. So if y'all didn't know, the author of White Fragility, the book that was selling out like crazy during this time and still is apparently, is written by a white woman, an anti-racist academic white woman. That's ridiculous to me. I just don't understand how... I never read it, thank God. <laughs> but it wasn't for us to read. It was with the intent of white people or people who aren't black, like mm. like non-black mm. POC, mm-hmm. to read it, to understand how to not be racist and to understand their own inherent racism that they might not think about. I guess I see, I see, I do see the perspective of wanting to hear it. From another from, white person or yeah. like somebody who's not in the community. But yeah. it's we get too much of that. People trying to do things for our community that are not in the community Ooh. or Ooh. not asking the community, what do I need to say or how should I present this? Ooh. How do y'all want to be represented? Yeah, at least partner with a black author. At least. And like, I don't know where she got her. Panel. Yeah, I don't know where she got her sources from for White Fragility, the book. She could have. Who knows? That's true. But it's just still. But it seems so problematic. It does. Like, and, how is she not canceled? Well, and Phoebe mentioned, because I don't think a lot of people like us knew it was even written by a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was like, how the fuck did I not know that? Was her picture in the cover, in the, like, you know what I mean? They, I never lifted the book. The book has never been in my hands. You're right. <laughs> I don't it's know. Not for us. Um, so I guess. But basically, hmm. she makes a great point of like, there's this author who, yes, has done the academic research and leads all these anti bias trainings, which she we That's also great. find how anti bias training is actually not the way. Well, yeah. This 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 <laughs> essay taught me a lot. Yeah. It made me think a lot deeper into these things that I had a very surface, I can admit had a very surface level view on. But going back to White Fragility, she talks about all these other black authors mm. and like academic people who study anti-racism and all of those things and how they're getting, their stuff is getting less looked at Whew. than hers. And also the fact that when she does speaking engagements, the amount of money she's getting paid to do these speaking engagements is wild. And not only that, but only after she was getting criticism about how much she was getting paid, did she start giving 15% of her profits. <laughs> Bruh, you are literally profiting off the very thing. Like, uh... and that's why I made the note of the blind leading the blind. Yeah. Because that's what giving. it was. That's what it's giving. It's giving. It's yeah. giving. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, anywho, that There's was... There's so much upsetting stuff in this chapter. Like, yes. it was hard to read. I mean, it is... She makes it funny and... Yeah, she makes it very lighthearted, but... Or even, you know, the corporations. We all, we all saw that. <laughs> of all of them, like, their diversity statements. Yeah. And, like putting all like even in their workplaces to their employees they send stuff out that you know no black person had any business with what they put out 
And it was just this quick little thing to try to get ahead of the game and had no thought or Ooh. anything put into it. A lot of people got called out. So I am a lot of people did get called out for that, that too. Out. Black people were on the trails ready ready to call people out. And I do think it's fantastic that we have so many black influencers who and any influencers of color really because there's so many that are doing the work Mm -hmm. and educating people in bite-sized content where they can just you know understand it Mm -hmm. and it's really hard because I get that people don't want to be uncomfortable but this is it's so uncomfortable for people of color that I just I want everyone who's white to like reckon with the uncomfortableness that everyone lives in every single day every single moment of their lives Mm -hmm. and like you know i just feel like reading books is such a comfortable way to learn about Mm -hmm. racism and the ways to be an activist and people like the woman who wrote white fragility are just undercutting all of the like actual deep learning that could be done that makes you feel stuff Mm -hmm. and i've never read this book so maybe i need to read it i kind of want to read it now just to know what's in it like is it pointing to other things that you can educate yourself with because that cannot be the only book that you read right like it doesn't stop there like yes you you can read and gain all this knowledge but then what what are you going to do with that what's the next step Mm -hmm. you can't like or you people could argue and say like the reading enlightens them to change as people because I do like how she mentions in here I can't remember where about how and well I made a note about it because I was like find out when your primary elections are find out when you can vote are because everyone needs to go out and vote I have to get registered I'm kind of really close yeah apparently I only have like four more days left go get it done so I have to get that done yes but basically about how we have to put people in yeah like the right people in also because they are the ones who are going to do this change that we're trying to make so which is again points back to what i'm saying and the importance of going out and voting that's real and another thing that's kind of off topic but not really kind of a point you were making earlier i saw this one black girl who's a tiktoker Mm -hmm. and i don't know if this is the message she was trying to send with this tiktok but this is what i took out of it is she was saying I hate when I have to come on TikTok to look for certain things and I have to put black girl after it. Oh, like Amazon finds black girl going out outfits, black girl, or like hairstyles, yes. black girl, mm-hmm. because if you just look that up on its own, it's everything but a black girl or a black person. And it's because that app, I'm not even going to go all the way into that, but it is skewed. Not for us. Yes. Wow. And I know I know that's probably not as deep as she was trying to go with that TikTok, but that's how I looked at it. No, it's true. And it's frustrating because I, I have done that before. I've done like claw clip hairstyles, black girl. Ah, yeah, I know. I've done the same thing. And it's it's sad, but I mean it's like so like you know, at least yeah, I don't know. As sad as it is, I'm like at least someone's not dying because of it. Oh, like it's not that deep. Yeah. Like it's a problem, but it's not as big of a problem as I these don't other know. things. It, it isn't performative, but I feel like it's like just not as important as the structural stuff. Yeah. But then I feel like 
so much of the structure was built on racism that I just questioned the, the structure itself. Altogether. Altogether. Mm. Yeah. Which, I mean, you should. Also, she talks, <laughs> she goes into talking about the panels. Oh, the panels. And I remember this too. Like, goddamn, another one? Where they're like calling all these black people to come talk about being black. And it's like, oh. <laughs> is this really doing anything? Oh my gosh. I know. I know. It's really true. It's just so many missteps and speaking of missteps i just wanted to point out i think you wrote it down too but the i take responsibility.com which i had to google because i was like bro this cannot still be up it's i not. think i i think i remember but the i video. found the video yeah and i was shook because i love a lot of the actors mm-hmm. in that video mm-hmm. but she gets very specific about one of them that was in the devil wears prada and i was meryl like, street no, she's not in it. Oh, wait. Did I did I misread that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was an easy one to misread because she mentions Meryl Streep. She, yeah. doesn't rem- she doesn't specifically mention the actor, but it was like a subtweet, basically. Was it Anne Hathaway? No. Be- I- that's why I looked up the video. Stanley like, Tucci? Yep. Okay. I was like, I gotta get I gotta get it. I was it. like, it cannot be my girl Anne. So I had to look up the video and it was Mr however the fuck you say stanley tucci tucci and um he was in fact reading the script i watched him do it Mm. which it's like babe babe i mean all of it all of it was just so unnecessary was it um uh i keep calling and call her rachel her name is not rachel in real life jennifer aniston wasn't she on it i didn't see her okay maybe i'm thinking of a different one then i remember one video like that yeah just for any they situation were all wearing glasses and it was like in black part. and white yes come on now uh, come on like, <laughs> shut. i just want to like shut the fuck up yes but for those who don't know what i take accountability.com is dot org dot org stop because <laughs> <laughs> i definitely thought it was dot com no they really thought they did something <laughs> they were like no babe dot org I cannot. <laughs> but it was basically all these celebrities in black and white with their fake glasses on, quay glasses. I, I think that's what it was. And they were all non prescription. Yeah, she says non prescription quay. Quay? Yeah. I glasses. Mean, I think they're called key, actually. Key. Whichever one it is. With this like sad piano music. It was so sad. It and was, it was like humane society sad. <laughs> It was like all these different, it was like resources, but like not really. No, there was no, I mean, maybe at the end I couldn't make it through and it was only less than three minutes. I couldn't make it through. Yeah. There was like different options where it's like demand police accountability on the website. website. Yeah. Not the video, the website. Yeah. It was a whole, they put some money into this y'all. Right. And I think she said, didn't give it to the family. (laughs) She said, that's lazy, trifling, and insulting to the anti-racism educators, activists, organizers, and organizations who don't have the luxury of using a crib sheet and instead must show up prepared. Wait, did I skip a picture? No. No. Of using a crib sheet and instead must show up prepared with knowledge, lived experience, and a dedication to the cause because they understand the gravity that one false step in their execution means they will be disregarded and more importantly Mm. they grasp the severity of what it means for society to build itself on the foundation of racism and white violence it's really upsetting it is and i just feel like it's all under the surface Mm -hmm. if you don't really like 
look into it and get some different perspectives of people who are educated in these things right. because I know I'm not and sometimes I I'll fall for stuff and be looking back when someone like does a think piece on it mm-hmm. talks about how fucked up it was I'm like oh shit like white fragility yeah <laughs> literally I'm like damn <laughs> I was like yeah but now I'm like oh so it's hard to keep up with all the trifling activities that are happening but but it, it's like the ones that are blatant, like I take responsibility dot org. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, you don't. I don't. I didn't believe a word anyone was saying in the video. And right. they're actors. They're supposed to make me feel something. Right. And they made you feel nothing. I was upset. Right. And then um, I she- can't imagine from Phoebe's perspective, because I was thinking about like how she actually maybe knows these people. That's the what video. she was saying. She said, I know some of y'all like what? But there was a couple quotes that she said that uh, really hit me. One's on 214 where she says, why did it take countless horrifying deaths to see black people as human instead of simply as trauma porn? Another one was on 215 when she says, you don't need to be black people's friends. Because that that. that whole thing of like, I don't Um, know how to be friends with black people or how to make friends that are black. And that... Shut up. Talk to us like we're normal people. Make casual we're conversation. We're normal people. Yeah, it's just the same like, thing of like her we're not being this asked subset. to be photographed. Like, yeah, we're not the subset. We're the same. We have the same skin. It's just darker. We have the same blood. All of our blood's the same. It's all the same. Uh, but the quote says, you don't need to be pe- black people's friend in order to fight for their humanity. Like, it doesn't take being friends with someone to f- who is in it. That's so sad to me that you can like just because you don't know somebody be like, eh, don't really care. That doesn't matter to me. That's like saying racism. That's like saying I can't be upset and sad about the war in Ukraine because I don't know anybody Ukrainian. I mean, it's just not the case. Like it's racism because I'm thinking about every single white girl who goes missing, who the whole entire nation Gabby is, Petito? feels upset about. Feels and not something. saying that we shouldn't be upset about it. Like, yes, this girl. But I know like, y'all got the humanity right. to feel for someone you don't know. It's mm-hmm. the skin color. Let's talk about it. We don't have time. But yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> I are, mean, we are talking we are, yeah, about it. Yeah, I was going to say, we are talking about it. But we could talk it. for hours. We're we could talk more. To, we've only got a few minutes left, y'all. <laughs> There's really not enough time. To dissect all of this. But another thing she brings up, which, you know, hits me personally, is she talks about interracial. Dating? Dating. Yes, because she talks about how. That was, yeah. That was really tough for her. Oof, like, and she I had to, like, imagine. self-reflect. Like, she couldn't even go to protest with, with her man. With her man, not because he's white. I was about to say, right? I was like, not because <laughs> he's white, dramatic. but because he could have been de- deported for being arrested at any of the protests. Which but, I was like, is he just like here, like undercover? Like, no, no, no. But like they, for immigrants or people, oh, if you get arrested, they'll kick you out. Type thing. I think it's like under certain circumstances, but like just basically, don't just it. don't play with it. Okay. Yeah, that that type of thing. Don't play with These it. These are things I don't be knowing either. There's so many things I don't be knowing. I'd be learning. We learning. From reading. Reading. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, what he did, yeah, is what all white men, specifically white men dating black women or anyone outside of your race, which he fine. needs to write a book. Because apparently <laughs> it's very difficult to understand. But basically, he's just like, what do you, what can I do for you? Yeah. 
period. Like, let me be a source of comfort for you. I will never understand what you're going through because I am not a part of this community. It's the awareness for me. It's the awareness for me. And she was even saying, you know, he was donating to bail funds and doing all of this, like, work that he wasn't out here bragging about either. Like, he's not showing, like, oh, look, I just donated this amount of money to this bail fund, (laughs) da-da-da-da-da. He was doing it in private because it's not something that, you know, a lot of people do it to be rewarded for their actions. Like everyone that posted the amount they donated on their story, like people were screenshotting that. Which some of it I was like, I could see it as like, hey, I did it, you do it too. But I know most of those, some of those people. It's performative. It's performative, for sure. I don't know. I, I can see how it could be like, hey, like. Reminder to go Reminder, do go do this thing. Yeah, but it could, but it's making it about yourself. It is. It, yeah, it is making it about yourself. You could yourself. just say, hey, y'all, here's some places to donate to. You don't have to say, I did. You should do it. Or it could be like, I donated here. Mm-hmm. And it's now it's leading them to this, oh, where? Let me go look at it. So, I, again, I could see both sides of it. Yeah. But I could see where you're like, the majority of the time it's performative, though. Yeah. Or it can be performative. Mm-hmm. And... um Speaking of performative, I just had to call out. Oh my god, I think I might be skipping ahead. That's okay. Is it on two twenty four? Because that's where I'm at. Um, uh, maybe actually. No. No, just kidding. Wait. Well. Or two twenty three. This is kind of what I was talking about. So I'll just go ahead and read this paragraph. Okay. Um, okay. Jeff Ihaza, a writer for the now defunct website, The Outline, perfectly encapsulated this point, which is um, performative activism mm-hmm. back in 2017. Wait, where are you? 225. Okay. Sorry. No, you're good. It says one of the most crippling tendencies of modern liberals is their obsession with being seen. Whether it be at a protest wearing a fuzzy pink hat alongside Madonna or in a viral tweet totally owning the president, this preoccupation with optics is more often than not frighteningly self-centered. Centered. From performative activism to a fixation on clever protest signs, modern liberals know better than anyone else how to cash in on a political movement, but they know very little about how to harness the power of one. Because to harness the power of one, I think you'd have to give the power to the people who are being oppressed. Yes. And mm-hmm. I don't think anyone wants to do that. Right. The police are s- still not defunded, y'all. Um, Which uh, I think that's one of those things where it's like baby steps. Like that's going to take a while. It's never going to happen. Never say never. I'd love to see it, y'all. Again, I was about to say, it may not happen in our lifetime, but I think... One day? One day, it could happen. I Um, hope so. (laughs) Or another quote that she has on 224 is, the problem is when the act of performing and the endorphin high that comes with it ends up being the sole objectives as opposed to the byproduct of anti-racist work. And that was was my point when I was talking about... um, donating to bail funds or like donating and then like showing the receipts about how that can be performative basically she summed that up for me perfect no yeah i mean it's like we did get the different colored band-aids there are little things that came out of it we got a lot of like but it's like again why wasn't this already a thing again like she says why did black people have to be murdered and on camera because that's the other thing this isn't the 
first time shit like this has happened. It's mm-hmm. just the first time it made such a big impact. I know. Because we watched it for nine minutes. Mm. And people still don't believe it, but it's we're like not, we're where it was like what 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 has to happen? What what's <sighs> to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a state of rage almost all of the time. But Phoebe adds James Baldwin. Yes. Phoebe <laughs> adds to that I think everyone's heard that if you're black, you've heard that quote. If you're anyone. Yeah, if you're anyone. But uh, just in case. Yes. Had to shout him out because <laughs> period. But see uh Stevie. Phoebe says <laughs> to be white in America is in some mm. ways to not be conscious at all, yep. rather to be in a state of constant awakening, a state in which grace and patience from others is requested and expected. Ooh. Yet others hope that the newly awakened, quote unquote, would remain just that awake and retain information that would mm. inform their behavior going forward is deemed unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love that because there is so much of the like people just kind of chilling on the sidelines and then something big happens which is should never have happened and that's you know when everyone gets up in arms and it's like how phoebe puts it this is the same tired ass song that y'all have been singing for generations Mm -hmm. and it's just not new to anyone else it's heartbreaking every time whether everyone knows about it or whether nobody knows about it and it just happens to every single minority in this country. And it's just scary to be one of the minorities in the country to potentially be having kids who will be minorities in the country. And that's something that, you know, if you're in an interracial couple, like I know Phoebe has probably thought about like her kids having a white dad. She's not having kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> she has not thought about okay. this. <laughs> never mind, Phoebe. You get to like sit out on that one that's kind of nice but but other for other people, people who have like a parent who is not oppressed and then they have a kid who is oppressed like what is that relationship dynamic like and hopefully it's one where the parent is aware of you know the atrocities that happen to people in this country and they don't belittle their child and hopefully there's someone who is remaining awake, I guess, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, for sure. And then again, with that notion of this is not going to be the last time this happens on two mm. thirty, which I remember when this, like my blood was boiling at this point. Um, Micaiah mm. Bryant, an Ohioan teen who was gunned down by the Columbus police officer minutes before the guilty verdict of Derek Chauvin. And but just like Phoebe, like what hit, what hurt so bad about this one, especially, was that she was the one who called the police for help. Yeah, don't do it. And the only reason she was holding a knife was oh. because her life was being threatened, and it was self defense. Kind of scary situation. And I didn't know this part, but several Columbus police officers chanted "Blue Lives Matter" at the scene of the crime. I just, oh, huh. And then she even says, just like me, perhaps when I was younger, I could have taken those promises that face value and believed them, been convinced that change was coming around the bend despite the absence of evidence. But I have lived too long and seen too much. As someone on the cusp of 40, it would be foolish of me to have faith and, quote unquote, trust the process based on nothing but verbal intent. Yeah. Which is, again, the actions, which, again, I'm going to say it again. Go vote. Figure out when your primary election is. Figure out where you need to vote. Figure out how you're going to get there whatever you got to do <laughs> yeah just do it 
I think Uber offers free rides to your local polling place. I I don't know if that's like oh, depending still, on what city, um, yeah, or if it's everywhere. Look I don't know. Look it. into there it. We'll we'll post options. stuff when we find stuff too. Yeah, for sure. On our story, check us out on Instagram at shewallred. Um, there was a quote on twenty two twenty nine that I wanted to read. Okay, just because it was so good. Okay, so in Can- in Kathy Park Hong's Searing an Essential Book, which I'm just adding it to my list. So many I had to add. <laughs> minor Feelings and Asian Reckoning. She writes about the fantasy of white innocence, which has troublesome ramifications and is a luxury that's not afforded to any other group in America. And I'm going to read a little bit of this quote. It says, innocence is an absence of not is not just an absence of knowledge, but an active state of repelling knowledge. Well, I don't see race where I eclipses the seeing. Innocence is a is both a privilege and a cognitive handicap, a sheltered unknowingness that once protracted into adulthood hardens into entitlement. I was like, damn, I never thought about that. But that's real talk. Yeah. Innocence turns into ignorance, mm. which turns into privilege. Yeah, it's like, it's a turn- cycle. Wait, which turns into entitlement, not yeah. privilege. Privilege was there all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always the underlying factor. Mm-hmm. It just keeps stirring and stirring and stirring. Um, and before we wrap up, this is, I know we had already skipped way I in the know, beginning to white fragility. But we've pretty much already talked a lot about it. But there was this point on 236 that I wanted to read that Phoebe. This is just a very well written essay, Phoebe. 20 out of 10 on this. Um, She says the point is that when qualified black people are left out of the conversation and their contributions are ignored so that only white people are in the room, it feels white consumers of anti-racism teachings with the sense that they are to become the white saviors who will swoop in and save the day and that attending these white run workshops is the first step they need to take in becoming the social just social justice warrior which no one asked for by the way i mean it's like very it's just it's just it's just difficult it is and i think it wraps up this chapter very well of just there's so much, but the answer yeah. is literally so simple. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's how I feel about the whole think. thing. It is way easier. She literally ends it with, don't save us, see us. Mm, wow. It's just that easy. It's not that hard. And just Period. listen. Just yeah. listen. Yeah. And don't us. make your own, pre like, I don't know. Like, there's good allies and there's, I don't even want to call them bad, because I think they're they're well intentioned. Well, well intentioned, yes, but ill advised. Oh, well intentioned but ill advised. I think that's the best way I can that's nicely say that. The, that's the title of the episode. Best intention but ill advised. Yeah, well intentioned but ill advised. Well, because ad- I wouldn't say it's the best intention. Yeah, it's like they're that's trying. pushing it a little. Yeah, well, well, well. Mm. well. well we hope that you enjoyed this episode of She Well Read. Obviously, per usual, email us at shewellread at gmail dot com if you have anything to add to the conversation. Another plug I want to do is comment about the stuff that we post we've been posting a lot of clips Mm -hmm. of the show on instagram and tiktok and obviously youtube so if you have thoughts on those clips put it on there and i'm gonna start reading those comments on the show so that's another way to get involved with us 
Period. I like that. And stay tuned for scary stories. Scary stories. She's a coming. Oh, she's here. By the time this airs, she's here. Oh. So have you been listening to scary stories? (laughs) Love it. This chapter was scary. Burp. (laughs) (laughs) This was our scary stories. Hope you enjoyed it. Because I know I did. Not. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Alana. I'm Samron. Bye. Per Burr. Hey, well-read baddies. We're here to tell y'all about our partner, Basic. They are a woman-owned, slow fashion shop here in Birmingham, Alabama. With an ethos centered around people on the planet, they stock only ethically made apparel and lifestyle goods for folks who care about where their stuff comes from. In honor of humans everywhere, Basic donates 5% of their profits to groups fighting for human rights. They also frequently partner with other organizations working to create a more just and equitable society. Exclusively for our well-read baddies, you can use code HEYGIRL15! for 15% off your first order online or in-store. That's HEYGIRL15! for 15% off!